Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to episode number seven of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Williams, at Garrett720 on Twitter. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Kyle Henning, at KThen16. Kyle, how are you doing today? It's almost time, and we got good news today, so I'm in even a better mood than when you asked me that question a couple days ago. Yeah, you love you love to answer that question whenever, whenever I fling it your way. Uh, also joining us, we have a special guest of the evening. We've talked with him before. He's a good friend of the show. You can find him with Arrowhead Report over there with at SI Chiefs. You can listen to him on the Roughing the Kicker podcast at Footnoted on Twitter, Jordan Foot. How's it going, Jordan? Good. Thank you guys for having me. I'm a backstory for the, the listeners. I was a half hour late to the recording of this podcast, so I am uh, in no way, shape, or form going to say anything bad other than I'm doing great. So thank you guys for for well, putting great, up with you know, my tardiness. It's great <laughs> that you're great. We're all great. We're all sitting here just talking some Chiefs football today. And uh, yeah. so obviously we have the big up-and-coming AFC Championship game, third consecutive AFC Championship game hosted in Arrowhead. Just a you know, fun stat to always, always bring up whenever you can because Andy Reid's the only coach in NFL history to do that with the team. Uh, so... Jumping in, twice. Just, yeah, twice, <laughs> just to uh, <laughs> jump in here, uh, before we talk about some of the injuries at practice, obviously the big one being Patrick Mahomes, uh, I believe he did return to practice either yesterday, I think he returned yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. And yep. so he was listed again as limited today, but Andy Reid said uh, that he should be good to go. So he was, he was list. they tried to list him as a full participant yesterday and yeah. had to go. Oh, whoops. Just kidding. It was limited participation because it was a limited practice. If it was full, he would have been limited. But that was a report from Nate Taylor last night in The Athletic that said he was in stage four yesterday, which means I really wonder how limited he was today. I I don't think really... He did say he took reason... most of the starter snaps in the press yeah, no, conference. But... No, the only reason that dude is is listed as limited is because he's in the concussion protocol. Like you can't be full on a Thursday when you were just in protocol on a Sunday, but man, him and Breland, I think are both passing with flying colors so far. Like on Friday, Mahomes is going to be stage five, like with quarterbacks, I guess there's not as much contact as like your defensive lineman or stuff like that, but I'm like 99% sure he's going to be good to go. So that's a uh, positive news and Sammy and uh, Clyde are back in practice in a limited capacity. So things are looking up. Yeah, no Lev Bell, though, so that's a bit yeah. weird. Yeah, in terms of full injuries, Willie Gay also did not practice, uh, so mm-hmm. that's also kind of a bummer. And then uh, Rashad Fenton also was limited in practice today. So just a couple uh, hopefuls that we can look forward to by the time Sunday rolls around. Hopefully we get some of those guys back there, uh, especially, I mean, I hope we get Willie Gay back because 
Yeah. I mean, the Ladmackers played pretty well last week, but Willie Gay, that's definitely someone we we're going to want to have in the in the biggest game of the season. If if you plan on seeing Willie Gay, we better win this weekend because you aren't seeing him on Sunday. He didn't practice Wednesday. He didn't practice Thursday. And he's a rookie. Yeah. Andy Reid does not allow you to mispractice unless you are literally a superstar and not play mm-hmm. on Sunday. Or you're in a position where they legitimately have no other option and you're going to play because you're healthy but weren't healthy enough to practice. Like, yeah, because – yeah, like that Wednesday is usually their veteran day where guys like Chris Jones or Tyree Kill or whatever, Kelsey with his knee, you can sit out. But like Thursday, rookie season, AFC championship week, it's going to be tough. And he's still behind Ben Neiman and guys like that, Damian Wilson on the depth chart. So I think that we're going to see, we've probably already seen the most we're going to see out of Willie Gay this year, which sucks. But heading into next year, I am no less excited about him than than really anything that dude is going to be great next year i hope that depth chart conversation makes my head hurt and spin <laughs> all at the same time yeah but we could have way, several podcasts about that yeah but willie day <laughs> should be at least in 2021 getting a lot more snaps than he is this season so that would be yep. one depth chart kind of spot to look away um anyways hopping into the the game and what we should expect let's start out with the uh the bills offense here it's obviously been the talk of every Every sports show is just talking about the red hot Bills and Josh Allen and uh, Stephon Diggs. And I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about how Josh Allen's been playing this season? He's been great. I mean, he's been phenomenal. And I think that a lot of that has to do with him working in the offseason and improving. I, I watched some videos and read some articles about how he really retooled like his fundamentals and his footwork and his release point and stuff like that, which is yeah. great. But also, I mean, bringing in Stephon Diggs has a lot to do with that. <laughs> like Stephon Diggs is a a really good wide receiver, and man, if Cole Beasley is moving better than he was in the wild card round, like that dude played through it, but he was like completely ineffective. So John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Stephon Diggs—that's a great big three as a wide receiver unit. And I mean, they're going to need all three of those guys to step up against a Mahomes-led Chiefs offense. So. I agree with most of what you said. Um, I do want to point out a couple of things with the Josh Allen thing, though. He's been good, and you can only play who's on your schedule. Mm-hmm. However, in the games against – in most of the bigger games, he was bad. And, and yeah. he hasn't been good so far in the playoffs either. He's been okay, but mm-hmm. he, hasn't been, he hasn't been good. Um, it's true. His, I'm looking at their schedule, and I went back and looked at it. Jets, Dolphins to open the season. Rams, they put up 35. That's that's nice. 311 there. And Diggs, Diggs went, or Beasley actually had 100. Um, Vegas, yeah, okay, their defenses. We all saw that. Everybody's seen that. <laughs> Tennessee, they lost 42 to 16. Yeah. That was their worst one. That of the Tennessee year. game was kind of like the the down the downfall of like the the when they started to go downhill in terms because then the, yeah, after, uh-huh. the week after they ended up playing us and now, and Tennessee and and, and, and ever, I want everybody to keep in mind this is teams change throughout the season. I'm not saying this is the same team from week five. That's where I'm getting to the rest of the schedule. Yeah. So of the teams I've listed so far, we've got exactly two playoff teams. Mm-hmm. You got Kansas City next because we beat them 26-17 and Josh Allen threw for 122 yards. I agree. Uh, 
They squeaked New England, where he threw for 154 yards the following week. They blew out Seattle because that defense is, again, (laughs) 2018 Chiefs. That's all I have to say about Seattle defense. Yep. Um, The Cardinals, Hail Mary lost. First of all, you lost on a Hail Mary. That sucks. That's rough. That hardly ever happens. However, you gave up 32 to the Cardinals. And Allen... (laughs) had a decent day that day. So that's game really stinks for him, but then they go and play the chargers, the Niners, the Steelers after everybody, after the Steelers got broken, um, which yeah. was in week 14, Denver, new England and Miami. So I see Seattle, the chiefs, uh, the Steelers, if you want to pretend like they were should been in the playoffs and it wasn't just a project <laughs> schedule, uh, the Rams and the Titans. Those are the playoff teams that they played. And in almost all of those games, he was below average. Well, and it's not like the defense is like Seattle's defense, Tennessee's defense. Those aren't very good. Like the Rams one is super impressive because their defense is obviously top five in the league. But man, I'm with you for sure. I think that he did take a huge leap forward, but I also would not call him a top two or maybe even top three quarterback in the league yet because he has to prove it like if he goes out and puts up three plus 300 plus and three touchdowns against Patrick Mahomes like the talent and the tools are there but there's still some inconsistency like his rookie year wildly inconsistent last year wildly inconsistent but had higher highs and the lows weren't quite as bad this season He's had the high highs, but he's also had some pretty rough contests. So, I mean, it's he's not a su- full-blown superstar just quite yet. He's just a really good quarterback. Like, like for me, like, and, and I agree with – and I want to give him a little credit. He shredded Seattle, but he's supposed sure. to shred Seattle. Like, <laughs> they scored 18 points against the Jets in Week 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things where if he's playing well – you know, the the team's automatically going to do good. But also, if he's not playing well, the team, the rest of the team's actually built kind of decently to, to win. So, you know, it's one of those things where if he's not even playing well, unless it's a playoff team, of course, uh, you might still find a way to win it. They don't run the ball, like, at all. Yeah, their no. run game is pretty poor, yeah. which is a I, big problem, I think. I'm on the Bills schedule thing on ESPN, and it shows you, like, the high rushing mark for the, for the, player, for the um, team in that game and who the player was. Any any guesses on uh, the high watermark for rushing yards for the Bills? No, clue. throughout the whole season. <laughs> Probably Josh uh, Allen. No, 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 not not just the yardage number, not the player. I'll give you the player, just the yardage number. No idea. One one fifty. Never touched a hundred. They, they All their year? highest rusher, their highest rusher in any game, never touched a hundred yards. Oh my gosh, that's impressive. Devin Singletary has their high water mark at 86. Holy smokes. Against New England. He ran for 82 against the Chargers and 71 against the Rams and 81 against Denver. Other than that, the next closest, I believe, is 71. So, as far as high water mark for a running for a runner. Now, they might have combined as a team for more rushing yards sure. than that, but okay. they have not had a rusher. Their their high watermark rusher in a game has not been above a hundred yards. Hasn't oh, even been okay, above okay. eighty six yards. So yeah, you're you're looking at they don't have a run game. Like there's not a running game there. 
Right. Yeah. So it really is it just comes down to just the pass and what Josh Allen can do if he's on having a good game or not. Um, but if you think about some of the options, obviously we talked about Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley, mm-hmm. who we have for the Chiefs who are going to be matching up with them. Obviously, Legarius Sneed's probably going to be covering Beasley a lot in the slot. Who do we who do we hope in, who do we hope in lines up against who? I guess Breland if he can play on the outside against do we really want him on Stefan Diggs like he doesn't yeah, have no. the long speed to keep no. up with Diggs, but do we want Charvarius Ward on him, who's been getting abused this season? Okay, so here's here's I was gonna let you go first because I have I have a hot take ish conversation. Okay, here. I think Sneed goes back outside. I do too. I don't think there's any way on earth you don't put anybody you put anybody other than Legarius on Stephon Diggs. And then if Fenton can go, you can put Fenton back in the slot oh, where he's God. played quite well. Yeah, the I think Breland's gonna play. Uh, I think Ward's going to play. Um, I think you're going to see some mixing and matching. Spags talked in his press conference today about somebody mentioned the uh, Fenton injury and how to like mm-hmm. how he's going to play around with his backfield and Sneed and so on and so forth. And he mentioned, you know, you're pretty quick. You've uh, you caught on to we're, we're trying to figure out some of those scenarios now. <laughs> yeah, that's code for. Yeah, we're going to be moving him around and he's probably not going to be exactly where you guys have seen him all year. Um, I think he's going to be on Diggs more than he's going to be on Beasley, but that's just me. I think you find um, either I, – I agree if Fenton is back, Fenton will be in the slot. That then becomes who's on the field because I believe that means Ward or Breland has to be on the sideline, uh, theoretically. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then you have – if Thornhill is – playing somewhat well you can put him and dan as the two safeties and then matthew can always slide into the slot if needed i mean he has options which is good but also it's difficult to pinpoint (laughs) what they're going to do and i think you're going to see spags do a lot of mixing it up on josh allen because i still don't think josh can mentally process things at the rate and Spags is one of the best at doing disguise things. And sure, like, yeah, exactly. I went back and watched that Bills game from week six. And I know again, different teams, but what they did to him in coverage and the confusion that they put him in and the heat, he did not handle it well. No. And he's maybe he's gotten some experience later on in the season that we got and gotten better, especially after the bye and whatnot. But if they put pressure on him and confuse him in coverage, that offense is dead. So yeah. I just, I think you're going to see some mix and match from Spags, but I I think you may see Snead outside on Diggs more than you think. I also I I, I would be positive that every snap that Stephon Tiggs takes in the slot, Snead will be covering him. Yeah, it's definitely a safe bet. It's you know obviously we haven't seen uh, Snead in, on the outside the past couple of weeks since he's returned from the injury, so it'll be interesting to see Spags you know really likes to mix it up with his dbs and he's been doing it all year with just all kinds of different rotations of safeties and whoever so it'll probably be like you said uh, a thing where he's just going to throw everything on josh allen all kinds of different looks and uh dial up a few blitzes maybe another db blitz for a sack could be like the fourth game in a row i think uh so you know it'll, it'll, that'll be a, a great matchup especially also the brian dable uh mm-hmm. seeing what he can you know adjust to at, at the half versus an experienced coordinator in spags but I, uh, I think they're gonna blitz the lights out of josh allen yeah yeah especially you know with a younger offensive coordinator might not might not be the best blitz pickupper yet but anyways mm-hmm. hopping over to the other side of the ball looking at the chiefs offense versus the bills uh you know we have a few storylines uh the first one 
Tyreek Hill versus Josh Norman. That's a storyline in 2021. <laughs> I, that is a storyline. Kyle, in you can handle that. <laughs> Kyle, you can handle that one. I, I got nothing oh, to say. So for those of you who missed it, Josh Norman came on, I believe it was the Rich Eisen show, or he came on some show and basically talked about, like, uh, you know, I go up against the best in Stephon Diggs and all these other receivers, and I'm only going up against Tyreek Hill. So, if anybody on planet Earth wonders why Tyreek Hill still uses the return specialist comment every press conference chance that he gets, comments from a, and I'm trying to be very nice to Josh here, not in his prime, Josh Norman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very far away from his prime, you could say. Hasn't, hasn't seen it in... Well, what, before Washington? Yeah, two teams ago, maybe? Yeah. So, um, I I don't know. I mean, I, he's always been confident and always been willing to say literally whatever, so that doesn't surprise me. But if if I'm Buffalo, I don't let Josh Norman within 100 yards of Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, Tredavious White gets the Tyreek Hill assignment until Tredavious White turns purple. Like, yeah. I... Yeah, I don't care. You're half of Tre'Davious White has a better chance than Josh Norman has at covering Tyree Kill. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent Yeah, Tre'Davious White definitely needs to be the one on him. And as far as another matchup, uh, Bills Mafia has been very vocal about the fact that they were missing star stud linebacker Matt Milano in the Week Six matchup. So Matt Milano is going to be back. Matt Milano. He's... So. Every Tom time, Travis yes, no, every time there's a Chiefs game that's a big game, people say they have the Kelsey coverer, yeah, Kelsey they got destroyer, the, they got whatever. The guy like, who can cover Kelsey, yes, it's it's a Jamal Adams type. It's like if Tyron Matthew was on the other side, they would say it was a Tyron Matthew type. It's an Eric Berry type player, like, yeah, those types of players are phenomenal. But then you have guys like Matt Milano, where you're like. Matt Milano's the Kelsey. He's the answer to Travis Kelsey. Like, I love Matt Milano. I think he's a really good football player. I think that he has the potential to do better than some have done at covering Travis Kelsey. But, like, you can't. You have to double that guy one-on-one. He is at the point in his career where he's still fast enough where there is literally no one who can stop him one-on-one. Denzel Ward would still like to have his ankles <laughs> yeah, repaired from the seven-yard line last week. I, and Denzel Ward is one of the best coverage corners, top I would say top 15 cover corner in the NFL. Yeah. There's 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 only a handful of guys you look at and you go, yeah, I'd put him on an island against guys. And the Browns put Denzel Ward when he's healthy alone on team's best guys a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's he's still young. He's still got some stuff to work on. But I, I he's shown over the last several years that's a really good corner. And I don't know if you guys seen this, but I YouTube is a very dark hole, especially when looking for <laughs> Chiefs content. Um, they had the Chargers players do a with Pizza Hut do a watch party of oh, I've seen of those. the game of the yeah. Browns Chiefs game. It was uh, Derwin James, Casey Hayward, Austin Eckler, and Kenneth Murray. Huh. Um, it's on YouTube. It's like 35. They got to cut up and stuff, yeah. and they ask him questions. I've and seen whatnot. them do that with a couple other teams. That's the cool. reaction from all five. Oh, oh and it's uh, I want to make sure I get the host right because it's uh, Baja Mia Vila, uh, Akbar Baja oh, Mia Vila from back in the day. Of course, Akbar uh, Packer. Baja Mia. Yeah. 
Packers linebacker, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, linebacker. the end, I think, yeah. But he uh, – the reaction to all five of those dudes when Denzel Ward disappeared out of the screen <laughs> was – and Derwin goes, yeah, but – Everybody's like, that's the best corner. How's that how's that happening with a tight end? He goes, covering tight ends are different. Well, covering the best one to do it is yeah, definitely very different. different. So. I, Matt Milano is a lot of things, but I haven't seen a linebacker that can cover Travis Kelsey yet. And I'm going to will I'm willing to bet it ain't Matt Milano. Yeah. Unfortunately, Bill's Mafia, you might not want to bank on Matt Milano being your savior of the game. Um <laughs> what then, a life what a life josh <laughs> norman and matt milano ladies and gentlemen josh norman oh, and matt milano. Goodness. what year like, is it's this? oh man holy god <laughs> and i think one more matchup that you know might as well talk about real quick here the offensive line versus the bills defensive line uh they've got a few they've got a few good d linemen they've got ed oliver they've got uh don't know who else is on that D line really, but they were missing a couple guys early this season, and I keep hearing about how them missing those guys is why they got run on for 170 yards. So, right. but um, I know at all, Oliver's really good. I don't know what Ed Oliver's going to do by himself. He's yeah, going to exactly. find himself in a in a similar situation to what Miles Garrett looked like for me, which Miles played fine, but Miles is one dude. <laughs> yeah, and especially with the way the offensive line's been playing the past couple past couple games, I think we're. You know, we might be a might be a good matchup for them. Yeah. Um. It, the thing is, like, the Chiefs team that played the first time these like both teams are obviously different, but like, if the Chiefs ran for any amount over like 120 yards in this game, I'd be pretty surprised because like I'm expecting a shootout, and I think that the Chiefs with that first half they had against the Browns looked really really impressive and they're going to get Sammy Watkins back hopefully. And they're hopefully going to get Clyde back and they're going to get Mahomes back healthy. Like this team could hang 40 on Buffalo in an AFC championship game. And I would not be surprised now if they ran the ball and scored 21 on that, I'd be pretty surprised. But like the matchups in this one are going to be fun because like the bills think they have the answer to everything the chiefs have, which is not the case. Now do the chiefs have an answer for Josh Allen? Maybe. I think they're more likely to have an answer for him than the Bills defense having an answer to anything the Chiefs start them, but maybe that's just me. So so I have a question on, on the offensive line front. Um, I think last week might have been the best performance we watched from the offensive line this season, from at least, at least from a pass pro standpoint. Yeah, it was quality. And are we going to see the same line or are they going to shuffle? Because the they've been doing thing. this all year. Yeah, they've been doing this all year, the though. Same one. I think they've kind of rolled solid with that. The Remmers at right tackle, Wiley in there, and then Ryder and Allegri. I think they've, I think they've kind of felt like that's a solid O line for them. Maybe it's not the best, but you know, at least they have. It seems they have to have a little more chemistry now that they've kind of had multiple weeks to to play with each other. You know. Yeah, I mean, I only noticed Rimmers really get torched once, and it wasn't really that he got torched. Garrett got a bull rush, got inside his pad, shoved him back, and then beat him, beat his hands off of him and beat him to the outside. But I was like... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy with MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland, Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Garrett's pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that's, that's Miles <laughs> Garrett, so. Yeah. Like, the, other, the other guys get paid too, everybody. Like, they are professional athletes on the other side of football. Yeah. Um, but and I wanted to ask you, I have a question for you because we talked about this on the last podcast and sure. I'm frankly overhearing about it. Um, Frank Clark, you're what he looked like <laughs> to you in that game. Cause I Man. saw him do all kinds of things and none of them get talked about because he didn't touch the quarterback right when everybody wanted him to. Man. I, people are too harsh on Frank Clark. I think that it is I understand it if people want to criticize Frank Clark because he's not producing at the level of his pay. I think that he should, if he was producing compared to his pay, he'd be a top five edge rusher in the league. And he's not that, but I still think that like the thing with Frank Clark is he feels good. He doesn't feel good. He feels good. He does. That's fine. When you need him to make a play, he should be making a play. And like, he didn't play extremely well last week. Now, Chris Jones is a dude who he pretty much blew up that final drive by the Browns by himself. Like that was a dude who he stepped up when needed. I think Frank Clark, the deeper we get into the playoffs, the more likely Frank is going to have a big play. And it might be one sack. It might be two run stops. It might be a sack to seal the game. I think Frank Clark is going to have a big moment soon and people are going to stop being so hard on the guy. Yeah. He has one of those things where he'll come up in the big moments. Like if you need a play yes. in the big moment, he'll come up and, and deliver the sack or the tackle for loss or whatever. And it does not. And, and in that instance, and in that moment, as, and I've talked about it before on here, but, and in that moment, him not feeling good does not matter. Yeah. At that point, he's a hundred, yeah. he's a hundred percent. He's going to be given everything he's got up. That there, so. the way, the, the way the mentality has to be around even day-to-day life when dealing with, if it's anything remotely like mine, that mentality, when you have to turn it on, you can flip that yeah, switch. Yeah, that'll change real quick. But I want to – my point was more like, – I think he made a huge play in that last game. That screen pass that he destroyed yeah. by dropping out and covering, that's possibly a touchdown. They had mm-hmm. a caravan out in front. And that's that's another one. And, and the other thing is, and it's not been talked about nearly enough, teams don't run the football to his side of the field. They yeah, do true. not run the ball that way. Because that edge is his. He sets a good edge. He owns edges. He he may not always get home when everybody thinks he should and it's whatnot, but they don't run the ball. He's always where he's supposed to be. You know, everybody wants to talk about, I I hate using this comparison because it's so far off in skill set. It's not even funny. But that's why they have Ben Neiman in the freaking game, supposedly, is that he's always in the right spot and knows where he's supposed to be. Well, I get it. I get it. You have that and a freak athlete and also a guy who has one of the more uncanny abilities to bend around tackles the way Mm -hmm. he melds his body when he does that speed rush off the edge. There's that's not 
that's not really teachable. Like you, that's really hard to do yeah. as a D end. So yeah. he does things that go completely by the wayside and nobody notices. And yeah, some games he probably doesn't feel good. And he also probably knows they really don't need all of me. They need 75% of me. Yeah. I well, need 130% and- of me in February. And yeah. And the, the thing is like, it's a narrative thing and people get blinded. Like the biggest thing that I've ever been able to accomplish, like cheaps wise is watching the game rather is to not have a bias or at least check it as much as I can. And there are so many people that are so hateful towards a particular player or love them. It's the, the Mahomes bias is a huge example of it where people will not say he made a bad decision. He wasn't good. Like the Atlanta game, people said, oh, Mahomes, his numbers weren't horrible. He wasn't bad. That was maybe Mahomes' worst game as a pro. And people have that bias. And Frank Clark is the opposite thing where people dislike him so much because he's had some bad games or hasn't lived up to his contract. When he does good things, they won't even acknowledge it. They're like, oh, but he should be doing more. Like, just call it like you see it. And then we won't have this problem of everybody hating on Frank Clark. That's, That's just how I see it. Yeah, fan is short for fanatic, and people yeah. a lot of the time just can't function. Uh, and I and I can agree in some portions on the Mahomes game. I also think well, we talked about it on here. I don't think you were necessarily with us for that episode, but mm-hmm. that that offensive playbook for that game was rudimentary. Yeah, well, and the, the and the offensive line wasn't good either. Yeah, I mean, I mean the were, offensive line didn't factors. exist. Yeah, yeah. so. Like I said, and and every quarterback deals with those, but did enough to win the game kind of thing, not got him killed. And I think his worst game for me was probably the game he had a half an ankle and, again, extenuating circumstances. Like Sure. So, I don't know. And and I hate – I hate – that's why I think I enjoy so much what Seth does for for with his chief in the north and and what he was doing with the athletic because the he'll take these god-awful – ridiculous narratives and sometimes maybe they're right and he's been open to that and he's found out that they're right but like i just the amount of people that are unwilling to look at what's actually in front of them is <laughs> is i mean it is what it is you're gonna get it with fans but at the same time it's like guys yes they won the super bowl last year yes they're 14 and 2 this year yes they're really good could they be better yes. yeah yeah could everyone everything. everywhere and everything you ever do be better at what you do? Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing is we've watched this franchise suck for a long time and not even suck, suck in huge moments for a long time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Be decent. Be good. <clears throat> Blow it. Like that's why I was so happy for Browns fans last week. They got, they got something they've waited for for a long time and they've dealt with a lot of crap. Not just heartbreak, just bad football. Yeah. At least ours was all mostly yeah. heartbreak. <laughs> so, so anyways, I, that about that about wraps up the uh, as far as like the whole coverage of the Bills and what we should be looking forward to on Sunday. And uh, quickly, we just want to end it off with a little bit of draft talk because we know our good friend Jordan here is doing an awesome little series over at SI Chiefs with Arrowhead Report on uh, the 100 players in 100 days thing. Do you want to explain a little bit about what that is quickly for us? Yeah, absolutely. So, (laughs) so, uh, last year, man, uh, Josh Briscoe got me on 
with that gig and everything happened like super quick. Like I think it was March 1st is when the site launched or whatever. Um, so I did about probably 25 or 30 different little scouting reports here and there. And they were all like first round prospects that the Jeeps could look at in the top rounds, like one or two, whatever this year, like a, we had more time because last year, like I had watched some of those guys, but I really would like spend entire nights catching up on film. Like this year, I'm a lot better prepared. I think everybody is um, with COVID. What else do you have to do besides <laughs> sit in your yeah. room and watch film? So I did that. Um, I'm doing a hundred players in the 100 days leading up to the draft. So thus far I have Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. I have Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. And then today I dropped Kadarius Tony from Florida tomorrow. Um, Friday is going to be, um, I actually haven't written up that one yet. It's going to be Landon Dickerson the center from Alabama. So I'm excited about that, but man, I'm just trying to get out ahead of the curve a little bit. Cause I know that there are some phenomenal chiefs coverage people and they know who they are that are going to drop the draft guide and it's going to blow everybody out of the water. Cause like the AP squad knows exactly they have the formula. They're great yeah. guys and they're good at what they do. So I'm just I, trying uh, to uh, do our version that. of that. I yeah. scooped that draft, yeah, draft guide last year. I I got a lot. Yeah, of that. I've, I've scooped it. Those guys are. Two, I've scooped it for the past two years. Yeah. Oh, me too. Phenomenal. See, see, I didn't. I didn't know about it the first year. I knew nothing about it. Now, yeah. I wasn't super involved in Chiefs Twitter at that point. Sure. Because I, I just wasn't involved in the social side of of, of media side of that. But yeah. Um, I got it last year. As soon as I heard about it, I mean. As yeah. soon as I found out it was available and out there, I was like, yeah, let me, let me go ahead and grab that. Yeah, it's, it's a really so awesome resource that just, and you know, you obviously said you're kind of following the model where they, they custom tailor it to the chiefs. So yes. you're not only explaining why the prospect's good, you're also explaining why he'd be good with the chiefs and how he could fit in. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, we talked about it last time you were on here, Elijah Vera Tucker being a, a potential first round draft pick for us. And Landon Dickerson as another guy who I was really high on and also yeah. could be another first round first round guy for us uh so you, you're pretty you're, you're liking the offensive line class for for a round one pick you think man i think that you have to go either first of all like i am thrilled that the chiefs have made it clear they do not care about cornerbacks high on the draft or paying them big money so this is the first offseason in a while where i'm like the chiefs don't have to draft a corner in the first round they don't have to draft one in the first three so i, I think it's really offensive line edge rusher and wide receiver in some combination. So like there's guys like Rashad Bateman, who I like a lot. Like if they took him at wide receiver and Sammy Watkins left, he'd be a, a pretty good replacement for him. Like with the offensive line, you're getting Lucas Niang back. You're hopefully getting uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif back, maybe Colicio Semele if you can't find other guys. So they have options, but man, Vera Tucker is definitely a guy that I like there. Dickerson, like, it's tough with him because he tore his ACL really late in yeah. the season. And I don't know um, how the, like Bryce Hall, the cornerback from, I think he was from Virginia last year. Yep. He slid yep. way far in the draft because with COVID going on, you can't get your hands on these guys and do that in-person evaluation. So I'm worried about that with Dickerson, but if he's available in round three and the chiefs haven't taken an offensive lineman yet, I'd be overjoyed with that pick. Yeah, I think you nailed it with the with the Bryce Hall. I actually wanted Kansas City to look at Bryce. And I did too. In the third, we, we all did. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Hall was a I wanted, fan, fan favorite to re, reunite uh, the Thornhill Bryce Hall. Yeah, yeah, I wanted that. I wanted that secondary portion of that secondary because I watched as a Notre Dame fan. I experienced that secondary now. 
<laughs> they didn't have the best time against us because they're not exactly manned up across the rest of the board. Sure. But um, now the Landon Dickerson thing is interesting. A center is a position that gets brought up a lot for the Chiefs. Is there anybody yeah. in that realm in this draft that screams, I could be a Mitch Moore center? Yeah, or, uh, I think any I of think, the other chief centers that have been dominant throughout the last well, 30 years. And really Dickerson is a first round talent. Like if he didn't have that injury, he'd be talked. He's still talked about at 32, even with that injury where he may sit out almost his entire year. So um, this Dane Brugler of the athletic dropped his top 100 draft board. 17 of them were offensive linemen. Like this is a great year to get, an edge rusher, a wide receiver, an offensive lineman. And that just so happens to be the Kansas City Chiefs' top three needs. So um, I am super, super excited for the draft. And I think that I trust Brett Beach with my life basically at this point. So I think he's going to do a pretty good job. All right. Well, I got one more for you because I know I'm about to probably get interrupted here. <laughs> um, on the B enemy front and yeah. – on the Dable front, because neither one of them have a job. Yeah. And there's only one left. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian Dable did, I believe, come out and say that he is going to stay with Buffalo for 2021 yeah. season just because he didn't get any looks, but he'll be a prime candidate next year as well. But Eric yeah. Bienemy, it's obviously with the uh, Eagles just hiring their, their head coach being only one position left with the Texans, it's uh, obviously the biggest kind of question mark of this whole. Well, I guess it's not the offseason yet for some teams, for us, but uh, the biggest question mark the whole offseason really has been, why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting any looks? Why hasn't he gotten a job yet? I I wish I had the answer to that question. I mean, he's interviewing better than he has. He's a good guy. Um, people bring up off-the-field stuff dating back to his days at Colorado. Um, a, that was a long time ago. And B, he's been a model citizen. He's had no drama ever since then. And people don't even know what that stuff was that bring that up. Like those people just like to create narratives. So it's really not even worth talking about. Um, He's people say he wasn't calling plays. The guy who Philly hired wasn't calling plays. It was Frank Reich and the enemy has had way more of a hand in the game plan and play calling than him. So that's off the table. Current and former players love him. Current and former assistants, current and former head coaches love him. Like, I don't know why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job. And I don't know if there's foul play involved. People bring that up. Like, I try not to dive into anything controversial with Eric Bieniemy or hiring coaches or players or anything like that. But, man, it's it sucks that he hasn't gotten a job. And I think that his reaction um, – did you guys see the video of what he said about not being – he was like – man, I'm in Kansas city right now, basically on the OC. Like I'm not going to speak for him, but he's got it made right now. And if he has to wait a little bit until either he gets a job or um, doesn't opt for one in the long run, I mean, that dude is, is great. So I really have nothing but good things to say about him. And you mentioned a couple of things that I think people seem to think are solid arguments. And then we watch some of these hirings around the league and people like you mentioned, talk about his Colorado past. Urban Meyer is coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The interview conversation. Did anybody watch Dan Campbell's introductory press conference? Oh yeah. Pretty bad. Electric. What are you guys talking about? That was (laughs) awesome. That was the best press conference maybe ever. 
he literally in that interview, and I know it was a joke, and I know he was kidding, yeah. and I get it. But if you're that self-aware that you make the joke that you told your agent to make sure they thought you were Matt Campbell and not Dan Campbell, yeah, th- that I mean, we're not the play calling thing is gone, gone, yeah. gone with with that hiring. Also, you mentioned the Eagle hiring from today, which I hadn't even mentioned because he was they, well, he was the officer. Yeah, okay, Frank Reich. Same thing with the Andrew yeah. Reed thing, yep. like you mentioned. Uh, that I I just can't continue to think that there's there's got to be something, as you said, and it, and until they tell us, it's a bad optic is where it's at for me. Yeah, because this guy was at the top of uh, well every Vegas betting line I saw for just about <laughs> yeah. every head coaching job available for the better part of eight months. Also, every analyst person so on and so forth that talked about potential head coaching candidates going into this season. Mm-hmm. His name was at the top. All they did was win 14 games. Yeah. I look, man, I, I hate to talk and be, and with the controversial stuff and, and, and assume that, but eventually it, it, you have, and this is, and I'm going to probably end up sounding a whole lot like Seren Petro from eight ten, but you have a bunch of old white guys for the most part doing the hiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Andy talked about it. Your first thing you gotta get is a you gotta you gotta have a feel and a real connection and a relationship. It's a lot harder, no matter what you say, whether we want to admit it or not. At at this point, it's a lot harder for old white dudes to identify with younger black guys. Mm-hmm. It just is. That's why you see a lot of the owners be more hands off, in my opinion. I think yeah. it's it's what they hire coaches and personnel for. They're not really necessarily good at some of that things in some instances and some of them are downright openly bad at it mm-hmm. yeah see see houston texans currently dealing with i was <laughs> i wasn't gonna throw any yeah. particular organization look man it's not cal's fault i don't uh, it is cal's fault it's cal's fault because it's cal's fault because i feel like i'm watching an episode of game of thrones take place in houston <laughs> I yeah. feel like I literally watched Littlefinger infiltrate the organization, and hey, I haven't seen Game of Thrones yet. Which I mean, no. at this point, like you can spoil it. We're way past spoiler. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. In watching it ever so. It's but like, well, I read the books, so they. I mean, oh, I like okay. the books were better by far and away than the show. But the show was okay. great until the last season, and the last season was even decent. But people get mad because eventually they got away from the books because the book's not finished technically well, that's part of that's not written so that's for our game of thrones podcast though that we're yeah, we're yeah, starting we should, yeah, we'll be doing that soon come up definitely but I, I mean like i and i'm not just look at the firing of the most respected pr agent probably one of the most respected pr agents in the league if you just judge mm-hmm. by the way everyone that i've ever seen tweet about that situation went she's also yeah. i think stewing the team at the moment yeah she's um, sure user now right and then you look at, I mean, what was the conversation when Deshaun, when it, when DeAndre Hopkins was traded? Why was he traded? What was the what was the comments that were made? Well, I think Bill O'Brien just decided to. There was a run baby wild. daddy comment with too many kids running around the oh, facility with yeah. all their baby mamas. That was mentioned. That was a quote during that sentence from from people about that. Like, look, man, I, say what you want, but Easterby was a part of that deal. And until that dude's gone, I ran a poll. We ran a poll on the podcast handle. Um, there's not a way on earth, and I don't agree with the end results of the poll. They said that they would take the job regardless. There's not a way on earth I'm taking that job without stipulations if I'm Eric Bieniemy or any coach of any person of color 
Heck, yeah. I probably wouldn't even take it as a white dude without making sure that guy was gone because he just ran Bill O'Brien out of town. And Bill O'Brien, say whatever you want. How many losing seasons for Bill? Yeah, I mean, Bill O'Brien's definitely a little bit more respected around the league and from like behind, like I said, behind doors, I think. Sure. I don't even so. want to mention the Texans because I really don't think it's the Texans. I think it's one dude that's just infiltrated too far into that one dude and therefore is guilty because the organization's owner has allowed it to happen. That's where I'm at with it. But I, it's just a weird spot to be in with this whole thing. And I don't necessarily think that's why they're not hiring him as the head coach or had, didn't interview him as the head coach. I just think mm-hmm. that with everything that you've seen, heard, reported about Easterby, whether it was suing SI or all of the craziness that has gone yeah. on inside from players and coaches and staff members, former, current, whatever, you don't see things like that unless there's a massive problem internally from a culture standpoint. And if we talked about it earlier, they're hiring guys for culture this year. I just don't know how Eric Bannemi is not on that list. So yeah, sorry it's... about the Bannemi rant to end the podcast. Everybody. We're actually going to wrap it with <laughs> predictions for the game because we haven't done that yet and we need to. So Jordan, we're going to let you go first. I'm going 42-31 Chiefs. I think it's going to be a downright shootout. Um, I think that, man, 11 points really is a lot to give the Chiefs, but – I think that they're they're going to do it. So naturally, since I picked that, it's going to be like three nothing or seven three yeah. or something well, like thing that. About but, that or is... two zero, but it is what it is. And I know Kyle last week called the Browns the Browns game to go kind of similarly, and obviously Patrick Mahomes didn't finish the game, so it might have ended up yeah. that way. But in my opinion, I think it's going to be a close game because just that's just how the Chiefs play. That's how the Chiefs have played literally the entire second half of the season, which isn't a bad thing. Everyone's making it out to be a bad thing, which it isn't. They're winning games, so who cares? So I'm going to go on the side of like 35-32, you know. I think I Buffalo Buffalo keeps it within a field goal or a touchdown and it's going to it's going to come down to and you know it might be one of those situations where the Chiefs are up in like the third quarter by a couple touchdowns and then you sure. know they get a couple garbage time touchdowns to a uh, to draw it back closer but you know I think the Chiefs will overall have a a pretty dominant hold of the game just you know the final scores never end up predicting that. that. So I'm going to, it's kind of a hybrid between the two. Cause I do think they're going to score 40 this week. I think they're going to score roughly 42 to 45. Um, I, I think that game is very much like what Garrett said, where it's late. They're up 13, 14, whatever they score, or actually probably, I think it would be 12 for the purposes of this exercise with the score sure. prediction, but uh, roughly 42, 37, probably right around there. I think it's 42, 30 and they score late to get it with like, you know, they score with like a minute left or 30 seconds left and don't have a chance at the onside kick. Cause you pretty much can't recover onside kicks yeah, in the NFL anymore. Um, so I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of in between with both of you there. I, I think it's probably a closer game on the scoreboard than the actual game overall by the end of it. Um, but if, if you can get chiefs minus three, I would, uh, I would take it. Yeah. And yeah, I would, absolutely. I would definitely like to see Jordan's outcome rather than ours, but you know, I would love to see a one-sided 42-20 blowout or something like that. But you know, it, that's just Chiefs playoff football, baby. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways, guys, that'll about wrap it up for this one. Big shout out to our boy Jordan Foot for joining us again. You can find find him at Footnoted on Twitter and uh, follow us at Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter and find us on Facebook, Instagram, all that. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to, you know, go in and enjoy the weekend, win or lose, and uh, have a good time. So, 
We'll see you guys. Primetime football, Sunday night. Yeah, prime <laughs> time. So we'll see you guys next week. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.